I opened my restaurant because cooking over an open fire was my thing. Scratch made cobbler, totally my thing. But spreadsheets and payroll, just not my thing. Regions helps business owners keep up the good work and simplify the other work with business checking account options and time-saving cash management tools. More time doing my thing works for me. For tools and services to help you keep up the good work, switch to Regions at regions.com slash smallbusiness. Regions Bank, member FDIC. Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Regions Business Radio. Regions Business Radio is presented by Regions Bank. Brave the beginning, member FDIC. Now, here's your host, J.D. Mueller. Yes, thank you and good morning. Welcome to the inaugural edition of Regions Business Radio. And uh, we're very happy that you're listening today. We've got some great content and uh, some very, very good guests to share with our business community in and around Gwinnett County as it relates to a couple of topics. And, you know, I'm thinking about uh, Regions Business Radio, first edition, and, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And, and, and I was thinking as I was preparing for today's show, you know, what would I want you, the listener, to know about Regions Bank, both corporately and locally, in and around Gwinnett County? And what I thought about was that, that it would be very wise to share our company's core values. Uh, but before I get into that, I also want to let you know who's with me today. First off, we have one of my colleagues at the bank, Phil Benelli. He and I have been uh, working together for many years, and he's going to be sharing uh, his perspective on some of Regions' values here in a few moments after I introduce them. And then after that, our friend Jeff Forrestall from Forrestall CPAs is with us, and in, in an effort to add value and to help our local businesses prepare for year-end, not only from a tax planning standpoint, but what does the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 hold in regards to PPP forgiveness? Uh, Jeff is an expert on those topics, and we're going to talk to him about those. So let me introduce first, if I may, our values, the region's values. And they're pretty simple, but they're very impactful. And, and a lot of times, I think when, when you're talking about a publicly traded company or, or a large corporate entity, we want to talk about what do we value. And a lot of times, I think increasingly in America today, consumers want to see that the values of the company are, are not only lining up with their own personal values, but they're being delivered regularly at the spot of business. And, and, and here's ours. Here's the region's values. Put people first. And what we mean by that is that we want to listen. I think but when we put people first, we're kind and, and we care and we serve others. I think putting people first, especially in today's business environment, 2020 America, means being inclusive. Put people first. And that means uh, as a customer of Regions Bank, whether you're in the branch or you're working with one of our commercial bankers um, or maybe even our private wealth partners, we want to put you first, and we do that well by listening, caring, serving you, and, and always being inclusive. Secondly is do what is right, always. Do what is right, always. What does that look like? Uh, for us at Regions Bank, it, it looks like being honest. Do what you say you will do. Use common sense. In today's business world, I would say, I feel like, like 
in some ways, I've witnessed the death of common sense. But when you do what is right, common sense uh, returns and wins the day. Next value uh, for us as regions is focus on your customer. And, and that means that we, we need to know our customers and serve our customers. Knowing our customers, I mentioned it in a previous podcast with, with Mike and team, is that when you walk into one of our consumer branches, whether it's Kathy or Kimberly or Dwayne or, or any of our branches nearby, if you have a relationship, our branch personnel, our associates are going to recognize you and, and call you by name, know your customers, serve them. You know, it's interesting, too, that in our branches, a lot of times our branch personnel know what you're in there for. It's your regular uh, change order or you're coming to, uh, you know, cash something out and they, hey, is, are we doing the same thing? And that, that's very comfortable. So that focus is important. And then, then the other thing under focus on your customer is understand needs and meet needs. I think our team does a really good job of, of embracing this. There are other entities, banking and otherwise, uh, that see customers merely as, you know, somebody that, that we need to buy something from us. I really, truly believe having experienced uh, regions, uh, commercial banking, private wealth, and consumer in our branches that, that we want to understand what you need. How can we help you if we just assume that, that, that you want something? A guy that Phil and I used to work with used to uh, remind us regularly um, that we don't get paid to make decisions for our customers. We need to know them, and we need to help them and, uh, and meet those needs. Next is uh, the next value, uh, region's value that I would share is reach higher. Reach higher. Uh, raise the bar. You know, raise the bar personally. Raise the bar as it relates to, to serving our customers. Be energetic. Uh, I, I think every, when I think of regions and I think of everybody that I know around regions, everyone's energetic. And it's because we have an enthusiasm about, about what we're doing. If you're, if you're honest and you do what you say and you know your customer, being enthusiastic and being energetic is easier, and that's reaching higher. Achieve excellence. Most folks that, that know me know personally that I abhor mediocrity, uh, and therefore I, I, that's why one of the many reasons I enjoy working at Regions Bank is because we strive for excellence in all that we do. Something as simple as our, our commercials that address where we are in today's uh, culture and society and uh, approach to business all the way to, uh, to our peers and the quality work that we do. We, we strive for excellence. And, and I certainly hope that our customers see and feel that and, and can see our engagement with them as they strive for excellence in their own business. And then improve continuously. You, you can never be satisfied with where you are. There's always opportunity to improve. Then finally, our last value is enjoy life. Enjoy life. Have fun. Be with those that you love and enjoy being with. A, a note there from, from our own website, we are in the business of banking, but more importantly, we are in the business of life. I can remember years ago, uh, I helped a lady buy her first house, and uh, she sent me a picture of that house with a little handwritten note on the back of it. And, and I still think about that picture, and I still think about the note that she sent. And, and I think that was in my banking career when I learned that, that, that we're not just talking about rate and fee. We're talking about helping people uh, establish a home, grow a business, expand their family. All those things that are meaningful to us in our lives, 
uh, as a core value of regions to enjoy life, we, we take that role very, very seriously. So again, what I would want you to know as a listener, as, as a business community member uh, in Gwinnett is, is, is who is regions. First off, if you have a relationship with regions, I hope that the, the values that I just shared, you've seen through your relationship with us. And those are, we put people first, we do what is right, we focus on you, our customer, we reach higher, and we enjoy life. And we want you to, to be along with us on that. So um, I would be remiss if I didn't let you know who we are up front. You may know us by our green logo. You may know us, hey Mike, they may know us by our cool uh, SEC spots. Do you got a taste of that? You are way too smart to hit that order button. $750 on a dress that'll be out of style by next week. And what, you might wear it two, three times tops? Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I probably am right. Regions, official bank of the SEC. See, I mean, look, we want to have fun. We want to enjoy life. And hey, you know, I'm thinking about Nick Saban right there. If there's, a, if there's anybody that strives for excellence, it's, it's Saban. So that's what we want you to know about us. You know the green sign, you know the SEC, but more importantly, we want you to know who we are locally. Um, with that in mind, let me introduce you to my good friend, uh, Phil Benelli. Phil Benelli is a senior banker uh, in the Northeast Georgia area. Um, he has years of experience in banking large commercial companies and, um, and does an excellent job of, of meeting needs, but also listening. Listening and following up, I think, are some things that, that Phil does well among many. So, Phil, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, um, give us a little bit of your, what I'm calling the verbal resume, and, uh, and, and welcome. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you. Uh, and I, as a uh, Georgia alumni, Nick Saban has caused me many opportunities to enjoy life a little bit less, but we'll, we'll get over it. And he is, <laughs> that is a funny commercial. I would love to kick off with a little shout out to uh, the Leadership Gwinnett class of 2020, and I suppose 2021, um, because we, we had uh, a delay this year from COVID. But I'm, I'm a member of that class, very excited to, to um, do that for, for Leadership Gwinnett, and we just had our kickoff call yesterday. So awesome. um, hi to everyone from the class and the Leadership Gwinnett alumni. Um, I began my banking career in December of tw 2007, which is the month that we look back and say that the recession started. And that was such a wonderful time um, to learn and grow. Yeah. And it was a time of it was the beginning of some great changes in the business community. And obviously this year has seen some great change. Um, and uh, there's been some folks who have actually been positively impacted, many who've been negatively impacted. Um, but through whatever changes are there, uh, it is such a joy to me to get to serve business customers. And uh, there's two of those those values. The, the values are great, and we really do strive to live by them, but two of them stand out in particular to, to me, JD, and one is the enjoy life piece, which you mentioned. And in what I do, I very much enjoy it. I know our whole team does um, because we're passionate about serving these business owners and their families and their building of legacy and the impact that they have and so it's really just such an honor to get to be someone there at the table with them um, not just providing them financial services and tools but getting to have a seat at the table to work mm -hmm. with them through their business challenges yeah i think about your your engagement with a customer um he has events at his house and you come and you know 
speak about leadership and other things. I mean, you know, those are those are relationships that are deeper than, you know, a phone call or a text or an email. Yes. And that it really does become, you know, it's, it can be kind of awkward to have a friend who would become a customer, but um, great customers almost always become very good friends mm. as well in that order. Um, and you really do feel like you're just part of the team. And we're certainly the uh, the Robin and they're the Batman, if you will. Yeah. And it's nice to be in that role. Awesome. Um, and we want our customers to enjoy life more and certainly... Um, uh, their banking be something that adds to in their enjoyment and doesn't take away from it. Um, but the raise the bar, I had only planned to speak about the enjoying life, but raising the bar stands out to me. And we had our, our um, third quarter results as a bank drop um, recently. And one thing that stood out to me is that in a time of kind of, you know, banks are in the business of risk mitigation. Okay. And uncertainty is inherently risk. Um, and so, you know, it's it's easy for folks to want to shrink and kind of hold and just be in protect mode. And one thing that stood out to me with the Q3 results are not that they were not just that they were strong, which they were, but our investment we make in continuing to grow and get better. And our businesses, which we're seeing to that are thriving in this environment, they are also continuing to strive to grow and get better. And, you know, right now we've got issues. There's COVID. There's all these different things. Well, there are always issues. And how do you navigate that uncertainty and, and set your course? And you're going to adjust it along the way, but seek to keep raising the bar and getting better. Uh, and it's great to be a company, a part of a company that does that, as well as to work with, with um, a lot of great customers to do that. Yeah. You know what I think about when you say that uh, back to our values um, is uh, I, I would hope that anytime we call a customer or a partner like Jeff and they see our number pop up on the phone, if we're delivering on these values, they're going to willingly take the call and be excited to talk about us. I think there's probably some business relationships where you look at that number pop up on the phone and you're like, oh, gosh, you know, here they are calling again. But if we're really engaged and we know the company and we have not just meaningful dialogue about, hey, uh, this loan's coming up for maturity, but last time we were there, such and such happened. How You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Enjoying life means enjoying your relationship with your CPA, like Forrestal CPAs or, or, or Regions Bank, you know, um, not having to shy away from those. Uh, that's what you were describing made me think about that because I know that a lot of people when they when when they receive your phone call they enjoy it people I know love to get Jeff's phone calls but they want to get the enjoyment within a certain amount of time because he charges by the hour <laughs> so you don't want to enjoy it for too long yeah. a certain amount of enjoyment is just right it's a happy balance it's always a happy balance <laughs> but, but interject with that too for for that JD I, you know either one of you guys have called me or call you and it can go on for a while for a great conversation, but it's always the same theme, um, whether it's a client that we both share or we don't share. We look at the concept, and the concept is always how do you help the client? Mm -hmm. Because it's that team of advisors, and that's how I look at you guys, is it's the trusted advisors for the client. For a good business client, they're going to listen to bring these other people to the table. Maybe their uh, their attorney, their counsel, their CPA, and their banker. Yeah. So we're not... There's nothing unique with you guys, um, or there's a lot unique. There's nothing vanilla with you guys to say, well, this is the product you need. It's not about product. 
Yeah. We spend I spend more time with each of you working with our clients to find out, listening to their story. Where are you going? How yeah. can we help you get mm-hmm. there? That's right. That's right. What are you looking to accomplish? I mean, there's there's been times that the three of us have been on the phone even um, – you know, maybe not with a particular customer, but there's a challenge that somebody's facing. And on behalf of our customers, we convene and have a conversation about, hey, did you think about this? Or, you know, uh, what are some tax implications of a decision that somebody seems about to make? Have they thought all the way through it? Which is a good segue, Jeff, to, you know, sort of an intro about Forrestall CPAs, you know, who you guys are, what do you do? And, you know, uh, a little bit of a Forrestall CPA commercial right fast. Um, yeah, as you mentioned before, I will try to be fast. That's that's not we'll, no. For we'll the, listen uh, fast. Okay. So <laughs> we're uh, founded back in 1978 in Buford by my father. We're one of the oldest still existing CPA firms in Gwinnett. Um, we actually, I think, have, have been awarded the couple different awards, which is exciting. But I think we've won the best of Gwinnett uh, for accounting uh, firm division. I think 12 or 13 uh, last years. Some of the pinnacle awards from the Chamber of Commerce, been, you know, leadership with Gwinnett, all these great things. I, I grew up in Buford, so I'm a local person who uh, still has my family here, still have my business here, and I'm very much part of the community. We do pretty much everything. We had about 20 staff, um, made up from audits to tax turns to big or small. And I actually had a, one of my interesting lines, actually, uh, two things I'll share with you real quick. An epiphany moment for me is who we are. You talk about your mantra, your, your direction. My oldest son is now a high school teacher um, in Gwinnett County. And oh, actually wow. for him, uh, but when he was in third grade, he asked me one day, he said, Dad, can you explain to me, what do you do for a living? I need to go tell my class. And I thought, oh, my God, how boring is this? Who wants to hear about a CPA? <laughs> and I thought, how do I describe this best? And it kind of came to me and became more of my personal direction. The firm's direction is we get paid to help people. Mm. And that, that drives us a lot more um, than anything else. So if we're not helping you you probably shouldn't pay us but if we do help you we do kind of expect you to pay us yeah <laughs> but um so anywhere in there we try to be a little bit different help some folks with it and partner up with uh, folks like yourself and uh, relationships to to be there yeah yeah and we see it all the time uh with 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 shared and future customers um i i think uh i love that helping people uh because yeah you you, you send logan to school to talk about you know, in third grade to talk about CPAs. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get many questions because uh, it's not like, you know, firemen or some of the hero <laughs> jobs. Um, although uh, you and your staff are heroes for many when y'all uh, come out with a good tax strategy or something like that. Oh, you try to keep it exciting. And that that's a low bar, you know, so we try to keep it. <laughs> you know, and really for the uh, CPA industry, uh, exciting is not always a good thing. You know, boring isn't bad either. You know, if, if you're, everything's rocking on like it should be. But um, we try to mix it up, find the creative, unusual things, not just compliance. And we spend mm. more time with the clients. How do, where are you going? And then figure out from there, where do, what partners do we bring in with us to help us get there? Yeah. That makes me think about, you know, sort of the topic that we wanted to hand off to you for a few minutes, Jeff. Um, and, and Phil, jump in as you like. But um, it, when I think of of you and the work that you do, um, I never once think that uh, it's a tax return. It's far more than that. Um, Far more strategy around it, uh, more explanation, you know, stuff like that. So um, with with that sort of theme in mind, you know, I thought that it would be 
very beneficial for the listeners if we talked about a couple of topics. Um, first would be uh, sort of your coaching, uh, sort of broad, uh, broad advisement around year-end tax planning or tips and ideas for, for, for the coming year-end. No, no, great. This has been a strange year for everybody, but definitely from a uh, CPA tax perspective as we're approaching year-end, hopefully people to consider some year-end tax planning, but uh, look at the future, look at the past. There's, there was more changes and so quickly changes that came out with uh, the PPP loan, the CARES Act, the Families First Act, just a mixture of them that some of them seem like forever ago from March, and some of them are pretty recent. So here to talk about some of those considerations in there for everybody. So one of the yeah. things, the newest yeah. things we uh, try to keep up with, we've we have um, four of our staff are just focused. This is pretty much all they're doing and uh, have been doing for about six months is work on PPP, mm. which is that and some of these other uh, unusual changes that we have. So those guys are helping uh, with the forgiveness process, the application process, uh, working through it. And we've actually done several webinars on this, which we've actually got some, uh, those are free on our website. People can check that out. But actually one of the neatest things I saw that came out, uh, didn't even think about. But the SBA actually released on the 8th of December 8th, back on Tuesday, uh, they actually gave a direction to banks and said, banks, you have to actually issue 1099s to anybody who had their six months of their loan forgiven, forgiven or paid for. Now, this is not forbearance, right? This isn't like you just got a stay on making payments. This is where if you had an SBA 7A or 504 loan or one of the microloans, then if you notified the bank, they actually made six months of interest and principal payments on your behalf. Well, now the SBA just told the bank, you're going to have to 1099 those people. So from a tax planning, that's a shocker. That hadn't even, oddly enough, crossed our mind. I was, oh, I have to take that into account. So that's one more thing. The biggest thing on tax planning for recipients, um, they'll talk about there's some great credits that are out there for business owners as well. But the bigger ones related to the PPP. A lot of people, a lot of business owners uh, took advantage of this, were able to get the funds. Um, the IRS is not, uh, in, in no shock here, the IRS is not necessarily on uh, the pro-business side. Part of the the uh, the CARES Act, when it came out, actually said, and I think most people know, whatever loan you had forgiven is not taxable income. So that was great, which was pretty fair. But the IRS came back out and actually two different points. They came out with a notice uh, 2000 or 2020-32 and a ruling 2020-27. One was back in, um, back in May and the other was right the week before Thanksgiving. And their approach is that, hey, that's great. We know we can't tax you on the forgiveness, but we're going to take those, that payroll, those expenses you had that allowed for the forgiveness, and we're not going to let you deduct those. That's pretty wrong. Pretty hardcore. Mm. So, but, you know, that shouldn't be a shocker. It's the IRS. They're not really pro-taxpayer. So from their perspective, um, they've, they've said it twice. They're, they think they're in the right. They're relying on this uh, random code section. It's kind of weak. It's code section 265. But really what it's dealing with is like a reimbursement. So think like if you've got a reimbursement for something, if you're in military housing and you want to have um, and you're getting that as an allowance and you reimburse for it, well, then you can't have certain deductions on your taxes. If you're going to get mileage, from your company, you can't write it off and get reimbursement. So it's a fairly weak argument, but they, of course, believe they're right. And they actually came out um, 
two weeks ago when I actually said, hey, take it even further. It doesn't matter when you got forgiven or if you're going to be forgiven, but if there's a reasonable chance that you'll be forgiven, we're not going to let you write off. Oh. So that's a shocker. So it's kind of like that's, that's a lot. So you're talking about two and a half months of payroll from 2019 that we, you spent the money. We may or may not have that dollar in our tax deduction. Wow. Wow. Hey, Jeff, let me ask you something you, you mentioned right there. Um, I, I, I think this is important. We're sorry to take you in a different direction, but, but, but you're the expert here. There's a lot of time and effort being spent talking about PPP recipients and PPP forgiveness. However, the CARES Act also has some benefits for businesses that did not receive PPP loans. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a, a, a topic that's not very uh, well known or dug into. Can you, can um, you provide any uh, you know, sort of um, details around that topic? No, absolutely. There's definitely three of the main things I'd look at to, uh, to put back with that is, one, you had the option, every business had the option of deferring Social Security taxes from March through December of, of this year either chose to do it or you didn't choose to do it. If you did choose to do it, then you actually have the that deferred amount. Half of it's going to be due at the end of next year, 2021, and the other half's going to be due at the end of 2022. They don't charge you interest, but that, that is an extra option if uh, looking at internal cash flow. Um, as you're looking at doing your fourth quarter payroll taxes, if you're doing it yourself or working with your payroll service, uh, if you outsource it, that that's something for you. You can have some uh, assistance there without a cost. Mm. There's also retention credit. And most everybody you said um, many, many people took advantage of the PPP loans. But if you did not take the PPP loan, you're eligible for the retention credit. Retention credit is 50% of wages that for each person that you actually pay W-2 um, during this 2020 period up to 10 grand. Right. So, and if you think of that, that's, you know, $5,000 credit, a $5,000 credit is about the equivalent of a $25,000 deduction per employee. So you can't get both, right? You don't get the credit and the forgiveness. So if you did get the forgiveness, that's probably gonna be better off for you. But we've had several clients who didn't feel they met the need to borrow mm -hmm. the money or didn't want to, well, definitely don't forget about that. That's actually, you can wait and take it with your tax turn, or you can also take it with your fourth quarter payroll tax turn. So that may be coordination with some of their uh, payroll providers now. Just don't leave it on the table. Okay, yep. so so dumb question. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm not even sure if, uh, all right, so this is gonna really show how little I understand about this stuff. When you talk about we, we have examples, uh, unnamed, uh, for-profit, privately held companies that chose not to pursue a PPP loan for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. it, it would stand a reason that the retention tax credit applies in those situations. However, there's a lot of nonprofits, uh, specifically religious organizations for religious reasons that may not have taken the PPP loans. Mm-hmm as tax-exempt organizations, how does that apply to them, um, if at all? Probably not. Not much. The only thing I, I could see applying for a nonprofit would be potentially the cash flow help uh, where you're getting the defer, and that even is eligible for a nonprofit or for a church. You can actually defer off your Social Security, which is 12% of your payroll. 
you know, push it off for the for the future. Come up to the end of 2021, 2022. But right, these these credits only help you to the extent that uh, you pay tax. Right. So if you're a nonprofit, you're not hopefully not paying much. It's yeah, possible, but that would geek out and take you down a very deep rabbit hole. Explain <laughs> how that's possible. Awesome. Okay. Interesting uh, topics there. Um, the, what else do you got on that topic? Yeah. One more to mention too is the uh, um, the payroll tax, the, just the COVID payroll credit. This is for everybody, for any business that any any wages that happen from that April third up to the end of this this month, so the rest of twenty twenty. Um, if you had somebody who was an employee or yourself and you're out sick, you're unable to come to work, you couldn't telework, you were affected, but you still paid them, the act said, hey, we're going to go ahead and grant them an extra two weeks of pay. You just have to apply for it. It's not. It's in the fourth quarter still. You can apply this against if you haven't done so already. You need to consider doing this um, even if they were sick this summer. Mm. If you have not taken advantage of this, this is a 5000 $5, $110 credit per employee who was out, right? So, you know, for most of our staff, they were all out at some point, not all of them, but majority of them were. So even if you have not taken advantage of it, get in touch with your payroll provider. That's a $5,000 immediate reduction in what you have to pay in payroll taxes this month. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's excellent to know. Um, Switching gears just a little bit, um, but staying on the PPP topic, uh, sort of a, a decision matrix that many business owners uh, are, are sort of focused on is, uh, does it matter when you apply for forgiveness? Oh, yep, it, it does. The timing of it, we weren't sure until uh, recently with the IRS and this, um, the question was before, you know, potentially forgiveness. But they clarify, the IRS clarified their position uh, with the notice before Thanksgiving saying, we don't care if you're forgiven beforehand, before the end of the year, or afterwards, but if you ever get forgiven, you're not going to get the write-off. That was a potential reason to kind of hang out there and see, um, see what's out there for the potential with it of, you know, do you want to wait, do you want to go ahead and do it? In our opinion, if you're small, you know, you've got different levels that you have out there for um, for folks who are actually applying for the forgiveness, you got the guys over. If you received over two million dollars, that's definitely larger. You're def, you're uh, under statute. They're going to be audited. We have several of those we're working through. It's a lot more uh, cumbersome information to work with that. Then you go down to the next group that the first fifty thousand. Uh, why would you not? It's almost automatic. Mm -hmm. It's a mm -hmm. very simple, very for, short form. So if you have under fifty thousand dollars in the loan. I, you really need to knock this out this year. It doesn't help you, it doesn't hurt you, but just have it off your plate. You're pretty much uploading a little bit of payroll, um, tax return support to show you spent the money. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you know, and I think it's I think it's a good time to say that uh, sort of across the board, if you're a business owner or an executive that's that's managing or navigating the PPP process and the forgiveness. Um, your source of strategy and decision making is going to be your CPA, your accountant, your attorney, not necessarily a, a bank or bank employee. Um, mm -hmm. There is uh, the bank's role in the PPP was was by and large as a facilitator to deliver funds to the market. Um, 
we are not uh, we're deferring to the forestall CPAs of the world who who understand the tax implications in the SBA uh, SOP at, around that topic. So I, th I think it's a disclaimer that we should probably make mm -hmm. um, that we're encouraging our clients and any clients out there to engage uh, with your CPAs uh, and, and advisors on that. And see if I can add to that as well. I think um, people say, you know, what's the worst thing that happens if you submit it uh, for forgiveness and it doesn't get forgiven? What, what now? Well, you mm -hmm. don't have to actually make payments until the original payment was going to be due, which is 10 months after the end of your 24 weeks, which pretty much September, October next year. So if it's not forgiven, the portion not forgiven, you do have to actually uh, eventually make payments. Then it's a very short time frame. And, or if you actually do submit and the SBA turns you down and, and says, no, and understand, that's not the bank turning you down. Mm. The bank actually looks at it. The bank follows the guidelines. You upload to Regions. We put our information up there. They look at the guidelines. You know, we've already verified most of it, so it gets submitted to the SBA. The SBA can still say yes or no. If the SBA, the government, says no, not the bank, then they notify Regents. Regents turns around and tells you, tells us, depending on what it is, if it's something really small, we can go back and resubmit and fix within a couple of days. Mm. If it's something pretty big and they just say, no, we just don't believe you did it right, because maybe you didn't upload any information. I've seen uh -huh. some of that. Yeah, uploading an Excel worksheet, that's, no, you gotta follow the rules. Follow the rules, upload the information, but if you were to get denied for part or all of it, your only appeal is you have 30 days from the denial from the SBA to appeal in person at the SBA office in Washington, D.C., ask for a trial court with the, uh, with the judge, and that's it. There's no second appeal. So Ooh. it's pretty serious. It, they're very flexible oh. <laughs> in some of the forgiveness, um, okay. especially the smaller ones, but, but take it serious it's not like you're going to do an amended tax return they don't care no okay that made me think of one of my uh, uh, favorite quotes go back to ronald reagan from 1996 this is what the nine most terrifying wor words in the english language is i'm from the government and i'm here to help <laughs> do, do not <laughs> so just keep that in mind when you're um supporting this uh, or submitting your forgiveness it's not reaching saying yes or no they're the conduit sending it to the government and then you have a government employee who not they're not concerned at your situation mm. either you meet uh you follow the rules or and get forgiveness or you don't yeah yeah what a what a great what a great sort of segue into our sort of final segment um uh you know it's, it's sort of like computer programming junk in junk out you know uh you know what what you put into your ppp forgiveness package or uh Mr. Miss Business Owner, uh, you know, finance executive, what you put into your loan request package. Those two things are, uh, you know, a, a almost a, it is a paper profile, but it tells the banker in, in a loan request package or it tells the, the, the IRS and the, uh, the SBA what, you know, what you've done. So it, it needs to be crisp. It needs to be, don't, don't just sort of halfway it. You better, better get it right the first time and probably look over it a couple times before you hit submit. I think that's similar. We talked about it before, look, thinking uh, just financial statements for clients. And this is information you're giving the bank or giving another reader. Mm. And that's, uh, we talked about this some to, sorry, a second, but some tax returns, right? The 
SBA is looking at your forgiveness paperwork. They don't know you, didn't meet you, didn't get to talk to you. Yeah. They're going to make a decision on do they about your loan, do they forgive it or not. Just like if you have to go to a bank required to have underwriting from people you don't know. Yep, yep. What does it say? I mean, what does it what does it say? Uh, I, I like that topic. Uh, I, I wanted to give this part a cool name, so I called it the sort of finance and banking geek roundtable, um, where we could uh, sort of throw it back and forth. Um, Jeff, thank you for uh, you know if um, we will make sure that we have your information available to others. Uh, why don't you do that? Uh, you, your, your, your website, um, where can folks yep. find you uh, if they have questions about PPP forgiveness, audits, or whatever you guys may do? Where's the pl- best place to find you? Um, probably best, check out our website, www.forrestallcpas.com. It's F-O-R-R-E-S-T-A-L-L-C-P-A-S.com. Or just give us a call at 770-945-8328. Okay. Perfect. Thank you for doing that. Our bank, our bank, finance and banking geek roundtable topic of the day is this: How can businesses best work with their CPAs and bankers to balance tax management along with credit underwriting in today's business environment? And here's where this question comes from. Uh, I I've often say that about over ninety percent of business customers are going to make their primary. Uh, tax planning decisions based on how to reduce their taxable burden. Perfect. That's great. However, sometimes those same decisions may diminish a customer's or a a company's ability to obtain financing or either more importantly, Phil, what else would it do? Uh, Well, decreasing the the income you show for your company can have some major implications if you go to sell the company and the value that a potential buyer would place on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff, how do you find balance between those things? I think it's just, and that goes back to what we said early on, discussion with the client. What are you trying to do? Where are you trying to go? Mm. If you know you're going to be buying a building, you're trying, you need a working level line of credit um, or working capital levels. How much do you need? Don't look at your taxes just as compliance. Just let me minimize it as small as I can, get the tax burden down, because eventually that that income plays into, like we said, the financial statements is uh, something you can read. It tells a story about your business. Yep. If you're telling me you're not making very much money, well, then you go to sell, then we're not going to pay you very much for your business. That's right. Or if you want to sell to a family and you want to borrow money or you just want to get a line of credit, when you don't show that you're making money, that's not a good story. That's right. And I love that analogy of that your financial statements tell a story. And of course, you want it to tell an accurate story. But, you know, for taxes, use whatever rules there are, you know, to apply. But I, if you, you know, when as you as a business owner, you know, there are various audiences that you're going to need that tell that story to, some of which you might be anticipating currently, some of which you may need a couple of years down the road, but you need to put things in place now so that you can tell that story appropriately. We mentioned, obviously, we work at a bank, underwriting at a bank, but potential purchasers or the, the, the person who, if you were to sell your business, who's purchasing your business, they were very well might be using debt to do that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that you tell that story in that vehicle, everyone's got to file a tax return, but there are um, higher quality financial statement options 
which just do a much better job of telling that story, such as you know reviewed financial statements, audited financial statements. And there's although there is a cost, um, there's a lot of value in in using that finer brush to to accurately tell your story and represent the great work that you're doing at your company. Yep, I think I agree with that. I think um, and just give thought a lot of business owners. Uh, pay for their tax or file taxes on a cash method meaning they only show what you know have to show the income they actually receive and expenses actually pay out versus accrual where you have receivables and payables and inventory and other stuff um, if your revenue is low enough under 26 million dollars on a three-year period then uh then yeah you're you're need to be cash i hope you are mm-hmm. but you should mm-hmm. still have your company you can show accrual, show that real picture, show the receivables, show the whole story, and yeah. only pay tax on the rest. And it's understand the rules. And I think for anyone, I'd recommend you coordinate with your tax preparer. Think about the story. Think about the picture that you're saying with everything. And and to understand as a good, great American, I was a, a veteran, so I always look out for the best for everybody. But uh, I don't mind driving by the jail. We just don't ever get out. I'm not saying <laughs> don't write stuff off. Yeah. Just keep it in mind where it is, but but be cognizant of the story for the loan, for the future, for those different needs. Yeah, I don't I don't think that I don't think that you coaching a business customer to manage their tax liability appropriately is in competition with our need to show adequate cash flow and an ability to repay the loan. Because, you know, banking has changed over the years to the point that predominantly banks are interested in character and collateral. But more importantly, in today's world, we really need to see the cash flow available to repay the loan. Um, so these things aren't in conflict with each other. Uh, I mean, if we have a customer that we share that's looking to buy a building in 2021, for example, um, are there things that a it, somebody wants? I would think that here at the end of the year, 2020, you, you probably need to make some. If you need to buy some equipment, there's going to be some some tax benefits to doing that um, this year. But if you're making, if you're looking to make a, let's say, a building acquisition for next year, um, you need to think about how that looks with your 2020 tax return mm-hmm. now before you go to make the request for the loan well that's a great year. point but so you know go ahead ask your um your advisors you know cpa your banker and say can you guys help me what kind of debt service coverage do i need how big is this building going to be maybe there's certain things that you um are more aggressive in deductions maybe you shouldn't be mm. and and look at this if it's a rent replacement mm-hmm. the cost of capital is so low right now um, that's I would assume that's a pretty attractive consideration. If you're existing business, you've been paying rent. How much cash do you need to set aside and uh, not trying to take your company down to where it shows zero profit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Phil, how how uh, w- without without going into great detail, it, it's an interesting perspective I think because you are you're working with your clients and they're saying to you, Jeff, get me down to zero. I, I don't want to pay any taxes, any more taxes than I need to. And and 90% of the time, you guys are having that conversation. But, Phil, when 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 we get at the bank, you get a, a, an underwriting package and someone's break-even or a small loss, and they need 
that working capital line of credit that Jeff's talking about, how difficult is that? Uh, that's that's difficult. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and uh, when we're looking at, when we're analyzing the financials of a company, it's not just about numbers. It's, just, it's about what's behind the numbers and mm-hmm. what is the story. And so I think a couple of things I take away from this are, you know, A, use whatever tools are available to to present an accurate picture of your story. Yes. And that could be different for different audiences. You're, as Jeff mentioned, with, you know, uh, a cash basis accounting, if you qualify for that and how that plays into your tax return, but also having a higher quality, you know, reviewed or audited financial statement that shows your your picture then you know includes uh revenue and ar um there's different audiences and you need to keep that in mind because the Mm. different the different audiences are going to be important for you the irs audience is very important but then any future providers of capital again whether that be a financial institution a buyer or or whomever you want to show them the correct story and i think a quick point to note that's kind of overarching in this discussion is with those financial advisors whether it be your cpa or your banker or whoever you you don't want to be using someone who's just an order taker and just says okay yeah i'll get these taxes done for you you want someone who's sharing ideas based on what they've heard. You want them to be asking the questions. What are your goals? What does this look like? And sharing ideas based on that. And you mentioned that great quote uh, at the onset, JD, of it's not our job to make decisions for our, our clients, but it's our job to understand them and present options beyond what they may have immediately thought of. We yeah. work with a lot of great companies and that's what we bring to bear is financial advisors uh, and partners as commercial bankers is we've seen things that we can help. We want to give you ideas that we can all execute together. Yep. Yep. Um, final, final question. Um, and, and it escapes me because that was such a great answer. Um, but, uh, to Jeff, um, in today's world, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of decisions that are additionally not just made through the lens of how do I, reduce my taxable burden to its lowest uh, amount um how important is it though uh when considering expansion a rent replacement purchase um there a lot of decisions are made on rate and fee mm-hmm. which is you know all banks are going to have rates and all banks are going to have fees um but when you're looking at accomplishing, we're talking about how do we help you accomplish what we want to, sort of putting you on the spot, um, access to capital versus rate and fee. True. Yeah, I think that speaks a lot. It goes to a relationship. Mm. You know, if you want to have a relationship, then a long-term relationship with your uh, any of your advisors, but especially just say with the bank, that you know where they're going. You, you know, the bank knows where you're going. You know what the bank is interested in, um, and they're part of your your team. If mm. you, if you commoditize this and just break it down to, well, let me put this um, potential idea, this line of credit, this loan package out there to four or five banks. Well, there's eventually it, you've you've made it where it's just rate and fee, and you don't have a relationship with people. The best advice you're going to get for the growth of your business is people that you're going to stay with them. Mm. And I think that's hopefully your CPA, your attorney, your banker some of your commercial insurance people 
it's yes. not just fee. Like the folks who jump around year to year to year changing health insurance. That's you're not doing yourself a great service as you the same as you would for um the CPA side or the bank side. Yeah. So yeah. we try to recommend more meet up with people of good personality who share your values and your direction and the bank that has the capital that can help you get there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying values, just like oh, we yeah. started. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Um, you know, uh, what? I hope that was an interesting conversation um, for our listeners today. Uh, I got I look across the table and I see two of my closest friends. And um, I hope if you're out there and you own a business or you're an executive of a business and you're not sort of finding this type of engagement um, with your advisory team, uh, that you think about giving us a call. Um, Jeff shared his uh, his particulars a little bit earlier. Um, you know, for us, you can go to regions.com. Um, Phil, what's your direct line at your office? Um, you know, can you share that? Sure. 706-254-4406. Very good. Very good. And, and, and look, um, we honor relationships. Uh, whether they're – look, we honor the relationships that we have with our customers – and we honor the relationships that Jeff clients have with their bank as well. Um, we're not we're not out there just sort of uh, shotgun shooting and 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 making a play. Uh, you know this this idea that we we're on a podcast and and we're just taking everybody's stuff. We're 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 saying that if if this introduction to regions today has has provoked a thought on you that hey those guys sound like they know what they're doing. That sounds like uh, values that align with mine. Um, they have di- those gentlemen just had a different conversation about finance and banking than I've ever had with my banker. Uh, please feel feel free to give us a call. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so with that in mind, uh, I'm going to go to Phil for closing comments. Jeff Forrestal for closing comments, and we're going to shut this thing down. Phil, closing comments. I would just say, hey, to all the Gwinnett County business owners and the greater audience listening to this uh, radio show. Kudos to you for for what you do, uh, driving business, um, creating these great wages for folks to raise their family, improve the community, and it's just so inspiring to see what our business leaders are doing. So keep up the great work, and um, you know, just encourage you to to seek out financial advisors who are going to help you have that broader perspective uh, to accomplish that part of your goals for your business. Yes, very good, Jeff. Parting comment. Same. I'd like to reach out just to um, mention all the different business owners and entrepreneurs and uh, just remind that's what makes America great is mm-hmm. the opportunity mm-hmm. and the risks everybody takes and the ta- risks you take every day. And one of the most thrilling things I get from working with business owners is seeing that constant belief of you don't give up. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep on fighting. You're going to keep doing the best you can. And a lot of that's just having the best team around you that you can who supports you and you help support them. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, guys. Thank you for doing that. Um, and thank you for being our, our first guest on um, Regis, Regions Business Radio on Business Radio X. I think it was a great first edition, and I certainly hope that our listeners learn something new or have an opportunity to uh, maybe interact with us and, and, and take the conversation a little more deep. So, uh, again, thank you to Phil Benelli, Regions Bank. Thank you to Jeff Forstall, Forstall CPAs. I am J.D. Mueller with Regions Bank, and we're so thankful that you listened today to Regions Business Radio.